welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Hi, everyone. We just want to welcome you to Inspiration from the Couch and thank all of our listeners for continuing to listen as we go along this journey. Also, too, we wanted to alert you that we have a Facebook page, Inspiration from the Couch. So please feel free to jump in and join our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Instagram and find more information about all of that stuff on our website. So now we're, I'm going to hand it over to Avery. All right. So today we're (laughs) going to talk about this concept. Sometimes it's called cognitive load, cognitive effort. I've also heard it referred to mental load. And so we're going to kind of, it's a big topic. And I I think we're actually probably going to continue to discuss this in the context of either other related topics, or maybe I'm even thinking it might be helpful at some point to do like a series on this because it is, it's, it's kind of a large topic. And so I was kind of trying to think about how do we structure this like first overview session in a way that's helpful for people. I know Lucy and Jamie, you know that I have this other project that I'm working on. It's called Resilience Connection. And essentially, it's right now an online course. And eventually, it'll be kind of this online platform for people to discuss resilience and learn about resilience. But anyway, our the course is structured in a three-step process. And the three steps are validate, assess, support. And so we talk about kind of how to build resilience doing that three-step process. But I really thought this would be a nice way to introduce this topic, to be able to talk about validation, and then how to assess for cognitive load, and then how to access support. So that's kind of how I thought we might structure our conversation today is in those three steps. So first, we're going to spend some time just kind of validating that mental load exists. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about our own experiences and just kind of validate that this is a thing for people, that cognitive load, mental load, cognitive effort. It's a, it's a really important thing to consider. Next, we're going to talk about how to assess that mental load. We'll take a look at various mental loads that we carry and the ways that we may be kind of inadvertently be passing those off to other people in our lives. And then finally, we're going to talk about ways to access support. So kind of how to free up some of that cognitive space, that cognitive effort. So first, we just want to validate. We want to validate that this is a thing. And so do you guys think about like that mental load, that cognitive load? How does that come up? I wonder you guys. if it might be helpful to even define what this means. So for yeah. listeners who may not be familiar with the term. Yeah. Yes, yes define it, Avery. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so cognitive load, it's kind of the logistics, all of the cognitive tasks that we do that are, I'm going to give an example. I think this is the best example. So actually, as I was preparing for this, for this podcast, I logged onto my computer and I checked my email and I found out that my daughter has to be somewhere right now. She's, she's got to be somewhere at church today. And so I got that email and I remembered, oh, my daughter also needs to be at her grandparents. So then I called my husband to see if we could move the grandparent trip to a different time and then tried to figure out what the church, what time she... So all of those cognitive tasks, I mean, I'm sitting here shooting this podcast. I'm not taking her anywhere, but I did a lot of cognitive tasks to get her where she needed to go. So that's cognitive load, that logistics, the planning, the delegation, that's what we're talking about. So what about you guys? When does that come up for you, the cognitive load or those mental load? What do you carry with that? It comes up all the time. Yeah. And I think a big part of it for me is trying to balance all of the different roles that I play and stuff that maybe 
doesn't involve my my family. So like my job, whether it's private practice or teaching and trying to manage the family and do other extracurricular things like all at once, stuff that maybe I'm responsible for that I really cannot delegate to yeah. other people or I feel that I can't delegate to other people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all the time, like, so, so for example, yeah. So like, for example, you know, originally when we scheduled this date for the podcast, I was like, woohoo, I don't have anything going on. Well, no, that has changed tremendously. We've got this going on. And then my nephew's 13th birthday party is going to be at our house this afternoon. And then I have a UNT University of North Texas welcome party in the evening. And so I'm thinking about getting all my stuff together for this. And then Grace was at a sleepover. So Robert needs to go pick her up or go communicate with the parents and I need to make something for the evening party. I need to go home, make sure that the house is clean and that we have all of the supplies and everything for my nephew's birthday party. So it's constant. And then I also have like the running commentary of, oh, well, you're supposed to email this client back and mm-hmm. I need to email some someone from a training program that I'm in. So it's just, it's like a it's constant. constant. It is. It's constant. Yeah. Even it's interesting because I'm struck like this is... <laughs> Not anything new, right? So Mm -hmm. all of our lives, we have this cognitive load, right? right? And so from a young age, and as you get older, right, and you have more independence and you're responsible for more, they're, you know, the tasks, the to-dos, like all of that that you're managing. And so just as you all were talking, I was like, why does it feel like it's been so much harder? And I was like, ah, so since being married and having two Mm -hmm. kids and three pets, right? Like it's, I'm no longer responsible just for my Mm -hmm. own stuff. Right. Right. I still have my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And that like, it becomes more kind of complicated sometimes as we get older, but then you have everyone else's shit that you're also trying to navigate. Right. And so I think probably my best example of cognitive load, at least where it becomes really hard for me is summer camps for my kids. Yeah. Right. So I think this is such a great example and it's different now that they're a little bigger and and with the pandemic and they just kind of like sit at home and play on their iPads, right? It's great, great parenting that we have at the Smith household during the summers right now. But in years past, they would have to do camps all summer because both my husband and I were working. There's no school. There's no like formal childcare. So you like piece together all of these camps. And so reliably, like around beginning of April every year, like I had like a weekend meltdown. This was like regular, right? Mm-hmm. Where like I would be melting down about how are we going to figure out all the logistics? Who's going to go what where? How do we make all these decisions? How do we not only make the decisions, but then figure out who's going to fill in the pieces of who's going to pick them up? Who's going to take them? Who's going to stay with them if they get done early? It drove me nuts because every year I'd be like in my meltdown and my husband would be like, Lucy, why are you so worried? Like it always works itself out. And I'm like, what? Like it worked, like it works out because I make it work. Right. 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 Because I work it out. Because that's I work right. it out. But it's just so and bless him, right? He's so sweet. And it's like, how can I help you? But I'm like, but that's it. Like, even the fact that I might have to, you're asking how to help, like shows that you're not carrying this whole load. That's right. That I just kind of take on. That's exactly right. And really, I think that piece, I mean, the validation, even that it's a load that exists. And I think there are really great resources out now. And we're going to actually put that in our show notes, the links, because I think that it's something that we don't even, it's almost like an invisible task and that we don't even really know exists. And so when somebody asks you, how can I help? That's asking you to still manage all of the logistics and then start to task manage versus I want you to walk alongside me and know that this needs to be managed and then manage it. I found a couple of articles that are really helpful in kind of explaining that topic. I think people want to support and want to be helpful. Brent wants to be helpful, but it's kind of that like understanding that, hey, you got to go way upstream and like know that it needs to be managed and then manage it and then make sure that it was managed versus like asking me midway through, how can I help? 
And Jamie, what you said a minute ago, I had to chuckle at when you were like, and I can't pass, I can't pass those things off. <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, how often do I feel this way? Because sometimes even my husband will be like, you know, you could pass some of that off, but I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want or, to. Like, I kind of don't want to have to do it, but I really don't want to let anyone else do it because right. I don't think they're going to do it right. right. That's right. That's right. And it certainly affects parenting a lot, but it, it also affects other things. I mean, we all, as to your point, Lucy, like we all do these tasks multiple times a day. I mean, whether it's, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where somebody says, hey, do you want to go to dinner? And you're like, yeah, that sounds great. And they're like, okay, what time would you like to go? And where would you like? To? And then all of a sudden it kind of feels like a task, right? Right? And especially if you're doing 5,000 other ones, that can feel kind of like, oh, I don't want to pick 7 or 7.30 or this restaurant or where. Well, especially for people who are bad decision makers. <laughs> right? I think some people like don't mind coming in and like calling the shots. I hate making decisions. Yes. So that's like really, really it's hard. Uh-huh. It's taxing. Yeah, it's really funny. My daughter, she's at this sleepover. And before she left, she was packing up everything. And so cute. I've never seen her do this. But she came in with like her checklist of what she needs to pack. And she said, you know, Abby and I are terrible decision makers because we want to do some cosplay. And I asked her, you know, what should I bring? And Abby said, I don't know. What would you like to bring? And then Grace (laughs) comes to me and said, so what should I bring? What would would I like to bring? And I'm like, I'm not wearing it. Bring what you want. I'm not taking that on. Feel free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think first we just, like I said, want to validate that a lot of times when we're exhausted by this, it's because it's exhausting work. And and we really do kind of have like a finite amount of decision-making or cognitive effort in a day before we need some rest. And especially we're recording this right around the time that school's starting. And I think especially right now, it's like this busy season for this. Like we're exhausted because it's exhausting and it's not because we're doing it wrong or that we should be doing it a different way. Like this is just exhausting. And so I think just kind of validate that 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 exhaustion. So what about you guys? I I actually happen to know we were talking earlier that we're all exhausted. Do you feel that way often? Or how do you do you feel like this mental thing, mental load really does exhaust you? It does. It exhausts me. And then I see that it it will build like I'll be doing okay, doing okay, doing okay. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of builds Mm. and I get irritable or I get really quiet and I'm just in my head a whole lot. And my husband will remark on that. And I'm like, well, if you could just see what I see (laughs) and could help do these things and just notice it yourself, then that would be terrific. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My husband showed me this YouTube video once and he, cause he talks about it. And I'm like, what are you thinking about? He's like, I'm in my nothing box. Right. It's this YouTube video that talks about how men have like a nothing box and there's just like nothing going yeah. on in their head. And then, but the cognitive load is like the opposite of that. Right. And yeah. I think that that's what makes it so exhausting is it's what a relief would be to have nothing, but it's like all of this like running list. The running yes. list. Uh-huh. The running lists. That's 100%. So, Next, we need to kind of assess that that mental load does exist and where does it fall? So research indicates that in heterosexual couples with children, the mental load of parenting falls disproportionately on working mothers. Progress is being made in the equal division of labor in many relationships. But even though men may be doing more chores, wives are often still in charge of them getting done. So for example, wives in heterosexual relationships may be doing less loads of laundry, but they're still 
responsible for remembering that the uniform needs to be clean by soccer practice on Friday or that we are almost out of detergent. And when we're at Costco, we need to be sure to buy some. So they're still holding the cognitive load, even though maybe the tasks are kind of getting farmed out a bit. So rather than just dividing the household chores, I take out the trash, you do the laundry, we kind of need to assess the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is the mental load of the household chores. So how do you guys divide chores in your family? Well, I will say that I am spoiled pretty, pretty well. Robert does a lot of the household things since I basically work two jobs. So Mm -hmm. he's and he's able to work from home. So he does quite a bit, quite honestly. I think my responsibility mainly revolves around laundry and school related tasks for the kids and health related tasks for the kids and that sort of thing and dishes occasionally. But he's usually so antsy. He does kind of all of that, (laughs) all of that stuff. Uh And then he takes care of like home repairs and and things like that in the yard and all of that kind of stuff. That's pretty much how we try to divide stuff. So that sounds like he's in charge of things. One of the articles I read called it from end to end, that he knows that things need to be done, does it, and then completes it. Like, does he take that cognitive load of the task as well? Do you feel like those are divided as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I Because I'll just... Like, for example, it wasn't my idea to have a third cat. So I don't, <laughs> I don't do litter box. Sorry. Uh, y'all want a third cat? That's on y'all. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not taking that on. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, he, he does. He'll take on the cognitive load as well. I think we communicate pretty well. And so we can kind of see what's going on. I think where we maybe get into a little bit of trouble is when we're hosting events or parties or sure. things like that. And I know exactly kind of how I want it to go. And then he's just like, okay, so tell me what to do. And so I'm still having to think about all of these things. It's not that he thinks about it ahead of time, but that's that. And, and I've already spoken to this before in a previous podcast, but like preparing for trips, you know, I've seen some funny videos about how moms get up and they pack all of the kids stuff and, (laughs) you know, they've got all of these suitcases and all this stuff and they're like hauling it out to the vehicle. And then dad shows up with one little backpack, you know, and, and shows up 15 minutes before they have to head (laughs) off to the airport. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a good visual. Cognitive load. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, Jamie, I was just listening to you speak, that part about the cats. I mean, I think that's kind of a cool idea from the standpoint of how do we get clear on like, what am I willing to exactly. own? And like, what am I not willing to own? Totally. Right? I think it could be really, and I think where the, we get into the most trouble is when we say yes to things, we're really a no for right. it. And then it's that buildup of resentment of here, I'm doing this and I'm managing it. And I am just so angry because I don't want any part of it. So being able to say like, Cat's great, but I'm I'm out. Yeah. Right? right. Like here's what I'm gonna do, here's what I'm not gonna do. That's, which is pretty freeing. It's yeah. really freeing. And actually it's interesting you said that because when I was assessing this cognitive load for like in a really very direct way in our marriage, it came from an argument. I mean, we actually were having a fight. I love this story. Yes. And so uh-huh. we were having this fight and I was firing off an email that was to be super passive aggressive. To your husband. To my husband. Post fight. Mm-hmm. Post fight. <laughs> okay. It was kind of during fight. Like it hadn't really been resolved yet. And so I like to write and often like to fire these emails off. But the title could of this email could have basically been, look at everything I do around here. And so I was firing off this really passive aggressive email that was listing all of the things that I did around here and all the reasons I was so resentful and why I was so upset. And I was note, I was writing it for quite a while and before I sent it, which was good. And I was noticing as I was writing it that 
Well, really two things. One was that the tasks that made me feel the most resentful were the tasks that I was carrying the cognitive load for that I could not complete, either because I didn't want to, like everybody's laundry in the house, or because I I really couldn't, like a home renovation project. Like I needed somebody to help. And so these kind of, we've talked about them like being tickers, like this task was open for me and I couldn't close it. I found that those were really making me so resentful. And really the examples are like laundry. And I would see everybody's laundry. I would do all of the laundry and then I'd be pissed off that I had done everybody's laundry. And then I also found that as I was kind of writing this list of everything I did around here, that I did do a lot and that it was really this cognitive load, these mental tasks. Because I noticed as I was writing like the tasks that I was doing, 11 out of my 12 tasks started with the word manage, like manage childcare, manage this, manage that. And so I kind of, what came out of this email was actually a contract. And we kind of now still lovingly refer to the contract, but it was essentially this idea of like, what am I going to keep doing? And what am I going to step out of? What yeah. about you? Have you guys been able to split up that cognitive load, that mental load? Yeah, you know, I think that there's certain things that I don't have any mental load around. So like you, Jamie, like some of the house stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So things like replacing the air filters, car maintenance, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I really don't care. Right. Those are things that I just don't even think about. They don't, you know, they're not on your radar. No, you don't see them. at, all, at yeah. all. And once again, if someone were to say, like, okay, you're due for an oil change, like I can call and make the appointment, right? And, and yeah. take care of it. But I haven't had to have on my radar. When am I due? When am I not due? Mm-hmm. And then, gosh, I'm trying to think like division of like, like in terms of like chores and stuff. I think Brent is probably better at like the doing of things, right? So taking out the trash, like all yeah. of that stuff, really good at. I think I probably carried the load, especially with the kids. Yeah. You know, the kids. Trip planning as well, mm-hmm. like yeah. schedules, organizing. That's yeah. yeah, all on me. And so even outside of parenting, I think it's wise to kind of assess for this mental load. And you guys probably remember this because this story I'm about to tell you, you guys were there for it. But do y'all remember there was a lady that was going to come bring us lunch? So she was going to tell us about this new program that she had. And we we're like, oh, this is so nice. There's so like in, in exchange kind of for our time of hearing about this program, she was going to buy us lunch. So nice. As it kind of played out, she wanted us to like pick the restaurant, order the lunch, like place the order. And she was just going to re- reimburse us for the financial cost of the lunch. I don't know that we used the word mental load at the time. But we found it strange because it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, you're defraying the financial cost, but you're really putting this task, this cognitive task on us. And so you're not really like being aware of that cost. So I think it's important, even in our professional lives, even socially, just to kind of be aware that that cost exists, right? It's one thing for me to say, hey, Jamie, let me cover your cup of coffee. And that's maybe nice and a a nice gesture. But if I've said, hey, Jamie, I really want to take you to coffee, but you need to tell me when you're free and where you want to go. And I really like you to find a new coffee place. Like all of a sudden, that's (laughs) a task, right? Right. Right. Do you think that you're aware of that? Like, how have you been able to kind of navigate that professionally as far as kind of just being aware or assessing for that mental load? It's ever come up for you guys? I wonder too, and I don't know if Avery, yeah. this is what you're referring to, and I think we'll probably talk about it later on in a future podcast on treatment and like mm-hmm. working with therapists. We've got some coming up around that, but almost this idea like when clients come to us and almost like want us to carry the load, like right. should I do this or that, yeah. right? Or sometimes, or if you have a client you're really concerned about who doesn't seem to be taking responsibility for their health or well-being and then you feel like, oh my goodness, I need to make sure something happens, Right. right. Or I need to make sure they're safe or that they do this program right. or that they make these changes, which is, it doesn't work very well. 
Right, right. Or even I think that sometimes in friendships or even kind of with the logistics of our therapy sessions, we want we want to take on some of that cognitive load of like, okay, if you're calling to make the therapy appointment, we want to make this as easy for you as we can, because we want to be aware that you've, you know, you've done this part, I want to be accessible, I want my, you know, scheduling to be easy, I want to be aware that that's a task that that we want to kind of like smooth the edges on. Even socially, like if if I'm going to ask you to lunch, Lucy, because I know that you're really stressed out and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how stressed you are, I'm going to know that, hey, you picking the place and you picking the time is another stressor. And so it'd be so nice for me to cover your lunch. It'd be even nicer for me to say, hey, 1130 on Thursday, meet me at Suzuki's. Yeah. That, that's going to be kind of another way I can show that support and love. Where is the opposite helpful, right? So once again, another example, mm-hmm. I'm thinking when you had some health stuff going on mm-hmm. and Jamie and I brought you dinner and I said, I'm picking it up from Tzatziki's actually, yes. like, what do you want? Was that cognitive load for you to tell me what you wanted? Like, would it have been better for me just to bring you stuff or was that nice to be able to pick? Well, and I think actually what you did is you took care of a lot of it because you said, I'm going to bring it to you at this time and I'm actually going to pick this restaurant. Tell me what your family would like. So it was actually, you gave me enough flexibility that we could like get what we want, uh-huh. but not so much that it was like, oh my gosh, now I got to schedule this. So I think that was actually a really nice balance of let me clear this stuff that's, that's probably doesn't matter to you. What time, what day, where from? And and then give you the flexibility, the choice that's helpful. So this is never, so just to clarify, yeah. it's not about like not soliciting others' opinions right. or like that's giving right. them choices or getting their feedback, but noticing kind of that balance. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It'll probably yeah. differ for everyone. I think a lot of times it comes from wanting to be nice. Like, what do you feel like? What are you up for? But I think just kind of being aware that, hey... Maybe, for example, instead of saying, like, I don't care where we go, saying, like, I have a couple of ideas, but if there's something that you're really craving, let's do that. Okay. And so that we're kind of aware that that cognitive load exists and how do we kind of smooth it out? Yeah. 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 And I agree. I think when people are offering to do something for me, like take me to dinner or something like that, I'm appreciative of having a choice. Like I'm thinking this or this Mm -hmm. versus seven choices, you know, (laughs) and then I'm like, oh, this is a lot. Like I have no idea. Then that sort of gets more overwhelming for me. And so, yes, if it's more in a contained format Mm -hmm. and like you were talking about, Avery, having a little bit of flexibility Mm -hmm. around it, that's really nice. But I don't like every choice under the sun. Then that's too much for me. So I'm curious about that. So if we think about cognitive load over time, I don't even Mm -hmm. know if this is a construct that's been studied over time, but in today's world where we have so many choices, and access to so much information, are we more likely to have cognitive load because of how our <laughs> lives are structured? Because we, yeah, we have infinite choices for infinite things. Yeah. yeah. I think it has been studied and it does, but from what I've seen, I'm sure that there's more research out there, but that it there it is a finite resource. I mean, this is why at the end of a especially stressful or highly decision-making kind of loaded day that are like we're mentally exhausted, that it is exhausting. And so I think trying to contain those choices is really, really beneficial, not only in your own life, but in your interactions with others so that you're not saying, okay, I need to pick their best lunch place. Like I can just go to this one. We can conserve it over time, I think is really helpful. So so the final step that we were going to talk about was support. How do we access support? In a lot of the articles I was reading, it was saying that this really needs to be kind of an intentional conversation. Waiting till you're totally tapped out and like begging for help out of like desperation is not a great time for this conversation to go well. But accessing that support is so important. I think especially in marriages or in close relationships. So what about you guys? When you are feeling that exhaustion, when you're starting to feel taxed, how do you access support? I think one of the first steps is to 
let my partner or my friends or colleagues or whoever know like I have this many tasks that I I have to get done. I have a lot on my plate just to acknowledge and let other people know. Because I think the problem for me that can kind of get me in trouble in my marriage is when I keep all of that internal, when I keep it cognitive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it just looks like I'm isolating and grumpy and irritable. And then my partner, you know, Robert has no idea what's going on with me. So the power in being able to speak it aloud. Yeah. I didn't even realize, I think that even with this podcast, I think remember when I reached out to y'all like a month ago and was like, ah, all this social media stuff or like, like I've got the website, I've got this, like I'm on overload. Yes. Right. Like what can we do? How do we kind of all put our heads around this and like Mm -hmm. decide, oh, that's what I did. Yes. Huh. And it was there was relief in that. Because okay. Totally. Like, okay, one, I'm not alone, right? right? So I feel not alone because there are people who are willing to kind of like step in and that this idea that I don't have to shoulder it all. That's yeah. right. That's right. Exactly. And I think in one of the articles I was reading, it was saying that more than half of working moms say that the mental load of parenting is burning them out. And I think that that's just one, it, it makes me sad, but it also is so validating that like we're feeling burnt out because this is something that's really real and big. And I think kind of accessing that support, whether it's with friends or just even voicing it, I think is really a, a wonderful first step of just like, hey, this is a thing. Like we can name it so that we can access that support. Well, yeah. sometimes nothing needs to change. So I That's know right. like with my husband, like where I am reluctant to turn over some of the childcare cognitive load, so to speak, right? I think sometimes even just me being able to say like, ah, this is a lot mm-hmm. and him being like, yeah, it's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't really necessarily need him to do anything different, but just being able to feel seen and heard and understood. Validated. And that. Yeah. And then sometimes we do need to pass it off. Sometimes we need to say, could you please do this? Or I need to, or I'm an, I need to take this off my plate altogether. Right. That's right. Or please don't add anything else. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Don't I'm, ask I'm me at this for point, anything. I'm at my limit. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. ask me for anything else. I can't do it today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think also being able to change your mind, right? So this, you know, Avery, as you alluded to, like being exhausting, the past few weeks have been exhausting for me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of back to school. There's been a lot going on. It was my older daughter's birthday you know, and she is kind of having some ups and downs right now. So that's a lot to, you know, navigate as a parent. And it was a rough week. And we're having a family party for her last night. And then two days ago, I was supposed to go to lunch with my family. And all of a sudden, Thursday morning, like I reached my breaking point. And I was like, I'm, I'm out. Like I need to cancel this lunch. And I never do this, but I like crawled in bed and turned on a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she, my daughter wanted us to make this stuff for dinner. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like we're picking up dinner. You know, you can choose X, Y, or Z. And that's it. But almost being able to say like, where do I need to set a limit and what can I not do? And what do I need to take off my plate to make it easier? What I love about that, Lucy, is that you were really able to attend and support yourself. Mm. I mean, kind of this this same like three-step process, like you were validating that this is a lot. You were kind of assessing, you were going inside and saying, okay, what's going on? And then you were able to give yourself support without even having to really go outside. I think it's so valuable and so important to be able to do that. As I'm thinking about the contract that I wrote with my husband, that was what we were doing too, is I was, there were some things I wanted to happen externally differently, but it was really me, right? What can I let go of intentionally? What support can I access for myself intentionally? And kind of to your point too, Jamie, that like knowing sometimes it's important to voice it. Like I can't take any more. I'm, I'm at that limit. I've reached my breaking point, but I think it can kind of let the steam off just to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I was kind of thinking that maybe we could shift to like the do try this at home. So Lucy, what were your like, what's your pearls of wisdom take home messages? Do try this at home. I guess just to begin with, how do we even start to think about cognitive load and to recognize it and be able to name it? Yeah. Right. Like here are all the things that I'm taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for that I have on my plate or that I'm mentally managing. 
right? And then maybe starting to get clear on like, which of those am I a yes for? And then which do I want to kind of pass off or get help with? Love that. Love that. What about you, Jamie? When you turn inward and really assess like, what is my capacity Mm -hmm. like right now here in this moment? And then you can make that known to other Mm -hmm. people. And I think that's really important. That's been very helpful for me. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. speaking your truth. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So kind of like taking stock inside and then being able to speak it outside. Yes. My take home would be that this is a conversation that I think really deserves being had. And I I think that this podcast could start that conversation, perhaps. We'll have some resources on our our show notes as well, that if you want to share this kind of information with the people in your circle, so that you can kind of get on the same page, even get a name for it. I think that that can be really helpful in kind of starting the conversation. Well, next time we are going to be talking about the topic of don't be an asshole. So join us for that because it's going to be good stuff. All right. Thanks for coming with us today. And we will look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Thank you.